The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. That was not one of the better ways to spend my Saturday night. Don't you think? Wasn't that a good way to spend your Saturday night? Seeing a game like that? Seeing the Montreal Canadiens play a game like that? My God. What a game. Your Montreal Canadiens defeat the Edmonton Oilers by a score of 5-2. to two. Folks, hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake, and I am elated after watching that display from this team. Uh, what a goddamn game. The Habs were dealt uh, their fair share of adversity in this game. Their fair share. And they managed to come through that. Like, I'm honestly flabbergasted at how this team has looked since Martin Saint-Louis took over as coach. It's It's incredible. Seven wins in 11 games, and it took them 45 games to get eight wins prior to that coaching change. I don't want to say a toe-to-so, but you know what? A toe-to-so. A fucking a toe-to-so. Because I was crying on this podcast for so long about wanting a coach change, and then they do it, and guess what? Look, the team is completely different, and you could say all you want like listen I, I want the team to lose games because you know we're going to get better odds in the the draft lottery and we're going to get a better chance of maybe getting Shane right and I agree with you on that front I am on team tank um, so to speak but you can't waste the remaining games you can't waste them and they were wasting them and now they're not now they they honestly look like if if he was coach from the beginning of the season would they have been a playoff team I don't know but maybe Maybe. I think they would have had a better chance at the very least. So let's do a quick recap. Let's talk about it because there's a, there was a lot going on in that game. This, this episode might go up to 20 minutes. I don't know. Um, early on, it started off really well. Um, it, it looked pretty even, which considering the last game against the Oilers where they got beat, what, like 8-1? Uh, I have to go double check it. But considering the way the last game went, this was an ideal start, right? It was pretty even. Oilers end up turning the puck over in their own zone to Cole Caulfield near the blue line. You can't do that. You can't turn the puck over to Cole Caulfield with space. He walks in, fires an absolute laser, and makes it one nothing for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, however, seconds later, Evander Kane in front of the net, gets the puck, puts it in, makes it 1-1. Uh, another thing that you can't do in hockey is leave Evander Kane standing alone in front of the net, and the Habs did that, and uh, of course, tie game. But Habs get a power play 
later on in the period. Brendan Gallagher, snake-bitten this season. Absolutely snake-bitten in front of the net. Very similar to the Evander Kane goal. He bangs one in down low, makes it 2-1, to one, breaking his slump. And then, of course, you know, in comical fashion, the Oilers almost tied it up again at the very end of the period. And I mean at the very end of the period with, like, less than a second left on the clock. Leon Dreisaitl at the side of the net. It's a wide-open cage. And Samuel Montembeau, Dikembe, says no. Dives across with his glove and absolutely robs, absolutely robs Dreisaitl to keep it 2-1 to one for the Montreal Canadiens going into the second period. And it is a good thing that he did that. <clears throat> Decent start to the second for the Montreal Canadiens, but the Oilers get one back. They get a rush chance, a nice net drive. Ryan McLeod ends up scoring. It gets challenged by Martin Saint-Louis for goaltender interference. Um, and it was pretty clearly goaltender interference to me. Anyways, I have a gif of it up on my uh, Twitter account. If you want to go and look there, at DrakeMT. Uh, be the judge yourself. But for me, that was clear goaltender interference. But they upheld it. They allowed that goal to count, and it was 2-2. Two to two. However, the Montreal Canadiens get a power play not long after that. And Nick Suzuki scores on a nice shot. Just kind of walks down from up near the point and uh, fires it down low. And, of course, there's a challenge. This time, it's the Oilers challenging for offside. And as it turns out, about 30 seconds before Nick Suzuki scored, the Habs were actually offside, so it gets overturned. More on that later. But it doesn't matter because they restart the play. They put about 27 to 30 seconds. I'm not sure. They put a bunch of time back on the clock and they restart the game. And then Nick Suzuki gets another chance from basically the exact same spot. And this time, instead of shooting low, he just goes top cheese with it and makes no mistake about it. And then as he's skating over to the bench to go and handshake all of his teammates after scoring the goal, he makes the good goal sign and letting everybody know this one counts. It is three to two for the Montreal Canadiens. Laurent Dauphin, Larry Dolphins, scores a shorthanded goal later on in that period. And guess what? Again, the Oilers challenge for offside. And again, it turns out that the Montreal Canadiens were offside and it doesn't count. So we end the second period with the score three to two for the Montreal Canadiens. A tenuous one goal lead. And then we get into the third period. And Brennan Gallagher gets called for the most bullshit penalty I've ever seen in my entire life. He's skating by the Oilers bench, and Derek Ryan has his stick hanging over the bench and touching the ice. And Gallagher whacks it out of the way, and it goes up in the air. And the refs call Gallagher for a penalty. You're on the bench. You can't fucking have your stick on the ice blocking play. So Gallagher's well within his right to say, well, get the fuck out of here. Move your stick. And if you don't want to move it, well, I'm going to move it for you. Absolute bullshit call, but um, it was kind of an even up call because the Oilers were already, they already had a guy in the box when that happened, so that created some four on four, right? So the Oilers power play um, starts because the Oilers player gets out of the box, Gallagher is still in the box for that bullshit call, and guess what? Poetic justice from the Montreal Canadiens, absolute poetic justice. Brett Kulak gets loose. Absolutely beautiful net drive. Gets around down below the goal line. Throws it back out into the high slot. And Arturi Lekkonen is there. He fires it in. Makes it 4-2 to for the Montreal Canadiens. The Oilers trying to claw their way back into the game against the last place team in the National Hockey League. And guess what? They pull their goaltender. 
Brendan Gallagher throws it over to Mike Hoffman. He goes roof daddy with an empty net goal to make it 5-2. to two. The Montreal Canadiens win. What a game. What a game. The pace of that game was wild. This was a hugely entertaining hockey game. We had multiple reviews. We had a challenge by the Montreal Canadiens. We had two challenges by the Edmonton Oilers. We had some bullshit officiating. We had seven total goals. I loved every second of that game. If I was not even a fan of the Montreal Canadiens and I watched that game, if this was the Leafs and the Oilers that played that exact same game, I would have had an incredibly fun time watching it. But... I had an even more fun time because I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan and I got to watch them do that. I got to watch, I got to sit here and listen to an Olay chant. An audible Olay chant from all of the beautiful Habs fans sitting in Rogers Place in Edmonton, Alberta. Letting them know, you just lost. You just lost to the last place team in the NHL. So, good for you. How are you now, Edmonton? How are your playoff chances looking now? <laughs> not great you might want to trade for uh for jake allen maybe you need a better goaltender mike smith i don't know if he's it we could maybe give you jake allen for xavier Bourgo and a first round pick and it has to be a first round pick and it has to be xavier Bourgo because i like him <laughs> but anyways um the story here is the montreal canadians are good at hockey again and they're still incredibly entertaining. Who'd have thunk it? Me. That's who. I said it many times, didn't I? Um, I'm taking credit for this. I'm taking absolute credit for this. Um, I'm loving this. <laughs> well, I can't really. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, this is the players rallying around a new coach and, and, and doing a fantastic job. It's night and day. It's It's unbelievable. So, player of the game. Uh, I could go in a lot of directions with this one, couldn't I? Uh, Cole Caulfield had a great game. Uh, Nick Suzuki, again, stellar game. Brett Kulak had a great game. Um, Samuel Montembeau had a great game. Uh, go down the list, man. Even Alexander Romanov, I thought he had a great game too. But I'm going with Brendan Gallagher for this one. Not only because he busted his slump and put one in finally. Um, he, he deserved one. <clears throat> many times over before this game but um also the fact that at the end of the game there with the, when the net was empty he could have taken a long shot at the empty net to try and pad his stats and get another one but he didn't he gave it up to mike hoffman just to make sure they won the game and um you know i thought this was one of his better games of the season and i think he deserves to be recognized as player of the game he's another guy that you know despite the fact that his new contract's kicking in and he's he's worth a little bit more money on the on the cap than he used to be He's still on my don't trade list. He's the engine of this team. Um, I'm less sold on him as the team's captain as I used to be. I used to think, like last year, if you asked me last year at this exact same time, who should be the captain of the Montreal Canadiens, even over Shea Weber, I would have said Brennan Gallagher. I'm less sold on that now because I kind of think Nick Suzuki has a case. I think Josh Anderson has a case. I think it's a little bit less clear at this point, but he still has a case to be the captain of this team. He is the engine of this team. He is relentless effort, night in, night out. And he got rewarded on this particular night against the Oilers. And I think if he keeps playing that way, you know, they're going to start to go in more and more, right? He's not going to continue to have, like there was a, a stat that was put up the other day. 
he has the lowest goals scored above expected in the entire National Hockey League. Uh, and that was prior to this game. So maybe now he might not be the lowest, but um, he's still, for sure, even after this game, he's pretty low. So realistically, he should have a lot more goals than he does. And p- part of that's just been bad luck. Part of that's been being on a, a, a bad team for most of the season. But um, it's going to turn around for him. I'm, I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about the amount of money that he's making. Um, he's he's a great player. And honestly, I, I, I think it would hurt me a lot personally, like emotionally, to see him play for another team. So I would not like to see the Habs trade him. But of course, if there's a crazy offer out there, uh, you kind of got to take it, right? But he's he's one for me that he's he's just he's on my please don't trade him list but of course if if there's a crazy offer then you kind of got to take it now the last thing that i want to talk about today is the offside challenge rule okay so we had two offside challenges by the both by the edmonton oilers and both resulting in goals overturned for the montreal canadians now the Laurent Dauphin goal, I understand that one 100%. It was offside, and it immediately led to the goal, right? Got poked over the line. Uh, Dauphin was definitely offside, and then he immediately went in and scored. So I understand that one. But the Nick Suzuki goal, right? They had to add, as I mentioned earlier, about 27, 30 seconds, something like that, back on the clock afterwards. So the Habs were offside, Let's get that straight. It was absolutely offside. They missed that call. But they had the puck in the offensive zone for almost 30 seconds or about 30 seconds. I'd have to go back and check to be sure. Long enough that I don't think that offside really matters. The NHL probably needs to take a look at this rule and make a determination and say, okay, at what point are we okay with the missed offside? Right? Is it 10 seconds? Is it 15 seconds? How long do you have to possess the puck in the offensive zone before that offside is is a moot point, right? Because realistically, what would have happened? You would have called the offside and you would have restarted it. So what you're doing now is after the goal gets scored, you're saying, okay, there was an offside 30 seconds ago, so we're going to roll the clock back 30 seconds. You're slowing down the game. You're putting time back on the clock. You're putting time back on the penalty that was on the clock as well. So the team is still on the power play. I mean, what did you really gain by rolling that clock back? I guess what you did gain was you you righted a wrong, right? The linesman missed a call and you righted that. So in on one hand, you're you're right. Like you fixed something that was fucked up initially. But rolling the clock back an extra 30 seconds and restarting and then Nick Suzuki ends up scoring anyways on a beautiful goal. I mean, what's the point? I really think that they need to come up with like a, a determination on like how long after the offside can it actually be challenged, right? And I don't think necessarily that the team challenging should end up getting a penalty out of that, right? Let's say Edmonton challenges that goal, the Nick Suzuki goal, that is. And then they say, okay, well, it was 30 seconds so as a result, we're determining that the offside has had no actual impact on the goal itself, therefore the goal counts, then I don't think that Edmonton should be penalized for correctly pointing out that it was offside in the first place. However, I think maybe that goal should count, right? 
I, I just don't see how we should be rolling back 30, 45 a minute, right? There have been some offside challenges where it was like a minute between the actual offside and the goal, but because the puck never left the offensive zone, they said, okay, well, it was offside, but that offside had nothing to do with the goal itself. And in Nick Suzuki's case against the Oilers, the offside had nothing to do with the goal itself. However, in that very same game, you have that Laurent Dauphin example where the offside very much led directly to the goal. So it was that one, I would argue, very fair to say, no, it's not a goal. I don't know. I just think that the league maybe needs to take a look at that and try to, you know, refine this overall challenge process so that we don't end up having all of these goals, you know, refused for no reason other than, well, you know, 40 seconds ago there was an offside and therefore this goal doesn't count. It just seems silly to me. But I digress. This is not me, uh, you know, clamoring for a Habs goal to count that didn't count. Uh, it's not me trying to be a homer either. I think this le- I, I think that rule change or refinery of the rule anyways, refinery, is that the right word? I don't know. Refining the rule, I think, could help the sport, not just the Montreal Canadiens. Um, the Habs won, so it doesn't matter. We're back in action again uh, next on Wednesday night, actually, against the Vancouver Canucks. That's going to be a late game, uh, a very late game. Not going to be fun uh, because I'm going to have to work the next day and I'm going to have to record an episode like I do after every game. So <laughs> I'm going to cut this one off now. We are running over 17 minutes. So c'est une soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Google Play, Apple, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I would appreciate it very much. Thank you, as always, for listening, especially if you have an episode this long. And as always, I love you.